What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to More Wrestling's podcast. I am your host, Dylan Morrison. Uh, today's episode, I'll be bringing on a guest who uh, who puts out media content out in Section Six. He's a buddy of mine, actually. He, uh, he originally resided in the Central New York region. Um, now he lives out in Buffalo area, and uh, you know he puts out wrestling content. Shares a lot of content on social media and on the, his website, what WNY Athletics. Zach and I kind of had the idea of trying to get sectional previews or, you know, previews out of each section. Just talk about a, a few of the guys that, you know, we might see in Albany. Obviously, this episode is on Tuesday and the sectional tournament uh, for most sections are on this Saturday or Sunday. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll get more into the, you know, what each section's bringing um, to Albany after this week. Um, you know, when we, when we have the, the sectional champs and or the the true seconds or the third place guys that are going uh, depending on what section you wrestle for um but yeah so that's kind of what we're going to do um before we get to the episode though uh, i just wanted to remind you to go give us a follow on social media uh twitter and facebook at more wrestling um and don't forget to go to apple Podcasts, give us a rate and review whether it's a good one or a bad one thank you very much What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 52. Of, I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. I am joined today by Western New York Athletics and uh, the co-host, or actually the host of Wrestling Roundtable podcast, which is a sex and six podcast um, that really focuses on the wrestling in Western New York. His name is Matt Rourke. How are things going today, Matt? I'm good, Dylan. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate the uh, appreciate the invite. It's kind of it's kind of cool to 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 be the guest on a show rather than the host all the time. So I'll have to reciprocate here for you soon. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. So actually, I mean, I talked to Zach, I don't know, a week or two ago, and we kind of wanted to do a, a preview before, whether it was before sectionals, but more so before states, because I mean, most of the guys, um, you know, in their respective sections kind of know the the top yep. guys that are going to make to the state tournament, especially, I mean, section six, I believe sending two at each weight, both division one and yeah. division two um yep. you know section three uh the small school they're sending three so i mean i know kind of who to talk about and all that stuff but obviously we'll we'll get into that next week probably with that preview but um yeah sure. who, who who else to bring on section six obviously anybody that follows you on twitter um you know you, you obviously put out some great content and it's easy to mm-hmm. get results from section six i mean obviously there's arm drag as well but as i was talking to you before we just started um you know I can go to tournaments. I've gone to many tournaments in section five. You see section six teams there, or, I mean, we went to several tournaments this year where uh star point was there, but you really just mm-hmm. don't know, you know, some of these studs that come out of section six. And it's obviously a little bit easier to, to follow up on them when you have someone like yourself or, you know, the others that are, you know, putting content out there for section six wrestling, which is nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Absolutely. So before I get into the section six stuff, I got to kind of talk about your, you know, I've obviously knew you before you were in Buffalo. Um, so yep. I know you from your days before section six and you knew you like myself come from a small blue collar town that has a school with rich wrestling history. And that's yep. Boonville, you know, Adirondack wrestling. Um, I believe seven years ago, you guys were the small school state champs. Obviously you had, you know, we got a Ryan was on the team. You got Derek yep. Spann, Hennessy, um, yep. Andrew Tanner. Um, you, obviously you guys had a great year that back then the, the Adirondack wrestling team did um not you you were out of school but anyways uh yeah, you, know, you, you come from that wrestling program and uh you know how did you get introduced to the sport yeah man um 
Yeah, my dad, um, Tom, uh, was is an old school uh, uh, Frontier League. Uh, you, I know you're familiar with that old school Frontier League guy. Went to high school in South Lewis in the lower half of Lewis County, and uh, wrestled there for for um, you know the for the great uh, Ken Auble. Uh, really in- helped him introduce him to wrestling, um, and uh, you know he, he loved doing it. I, you know he always says he's one of those guys. He always says he wasn't a great wrestler. Um, that he was probably a better coach than a wrestler. And he kind of, he's, he's always kind of stood by that. Um, you know, I went to Cortland for a couple of years, came home, you know, uh, with my mom, you know, they met in, uh, it, during the college years and they ended up settling in Lions Falls was their first house. And, uh, and he took on the wrestling program for, you know, he started, I think his first, his first job was at Adirondack actually for coach Mike Millich. He was a section three hall of famer and a Carthage guy. And, um, and then eventually moved up and went on to, uh, you know, went on to South Lewis to take over that program. Started, I think he helped and modified in JV at first. Um, and, uh, and then after that, took it over from, for nine years, I think from 1992 or three to about 2001, somewhere right in there. I can't remember right off the top of my head. Um, but his, his, he created something out of nothing really with the South Lewis program. It's honestly, you know, I, I hate to sit here and kind of romanticize on it because, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to look like a total homer, but you know, wh- when you, you sit around and look at what he had to work with there with really a very what you know, a very geographically widespread area with a school that didn't necessarily have a great tradition and to do kind of what he did there, or especially amongst a time in the heyday of, of frontier league wrestling when Watertown was still very strong with Indian river, Carthage, South Jefferson were all very strong. And I mean, even in his own county, in Lewis County, you had Coach Auble, you know, Neil Auble and Coach Wayne Ferguson are National Wrestling Hall of Fame members, not just upstate, but National Wrestling Hall of Fame members and, you know, honorees. Um, it, it's pretty, it was a pretty special time. And, and also my dad, Tom, you know, taught me a lot of history and, and to appreciate um, wrestling through a historical lens and not just in, you know, not just in the wrestling room itself, which, you know, it's kind of got me to where I am today too. Um, but yeah, so, uh, that, 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 I mean, that was his story kind of in a nutshell, South Lewis had some very powerful teams, um, took those teams all over the state, um, competed with coach Auble and coach Ferguson at Lowville and Beaver river, um, you know, ran into section five, ran into section 11, mid Hudson tournament, Oneana, Ross Cordell tournament, places like that. And then, um, and then we ended up moving to Boonville and that's where I, you know, in Adirondack and that's where me and my brothers went to school and, you know, I, I guess dad and combined with, um, with coach Joe Galligan and under the leadership of Mike Millich. I mean, you got, you know, Millich and, and my dad are section three hall of famers. Coach Galligan's on his way to that here pretty soon. At some point, um, we had a nice thing cooking there at Adirondack for a, quite some time as well. Yeah. Just a bunch of cradlers, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I saw somebody a few last weekend somewhere who was at the state or two weeks ago at the state dual meet tournament. Oh, Minisink. You know, I, obviously we know Minisink is very good. Yeah. It's not a surprise, but they were just cradling, cradling, cradling one after another. And it was getting me all gassed up. I loved it. So it <laughs> I bet yeah. they yeah. threw you right back, especially, you know, the, the green and white colors and all that stuff. That's, Oh yeah. Yeah. They were definitely cradling everybody last weekend, whether, I mean, they ran in star point in the semis and, sure. and then Wanta in the finals. I thought the Wanta match, I thought it was going to be a little bit closer just watching Wanta's mm-hmm. semifinal and, yeah, no, the cradles were crazy. And yeah, it, yeah. It, it kind of brought me back and made me think of Adirondack because if you're wrestling Adirondack kid, you're probably going to get cradled. I mean, yeah. I remember 
Derek Spann. So he graduated in 16. So he won a state title in ninth grade, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So that was my cousin, Brandon Fail. He wrestled for Lowville. So another sections three kid. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously we had our two state champs that year as well. But I mean, I kind of had my focus on Derek Spann because he was a ninth grader and he just was lethal with the, with the cradle. And uh, I just knew obviously he was going to have a pretty success with that, which I mean, six years later, or well, six years after high school, I mean, he's still competing at the college level with the cradle. So yeah, that's yeah. pretty sweet. Well, we, um, we were reminiscing on that last weekend because it was senior day here at UB yep. and uh, my parents came out, my brother was here and stuff. And we were just, I, I'll never forget being down by like five points going into the third period and getting sent on top in the state final, like the oohs and ahs that kind of, that arose out of the arena. Mm-hmm. And then for him to go on and, and you know, and not only win the match, would come close to, to pinning a couple times after being down so badly. That was one of the, that was an absolute all-time moment for me i'll never forget that so nice yeah um so i guess after adirondack you you went on to i mean what what kind of led you to section six uh you know western new york um i went to uh so i was i was you know i joined the marine corps and i was in the reserves and stuff and then um i was home in utica and i was going to mohawk valley community college and then i was like okay you know what's my next move after this to finish my bachelor's degree um the idea of coming to Buffalo kind of intrigued me. I had actually never been here before. I'd never been to Niagara Falls or anywhere. Um, so I, I kind of found Kadisha's College, which is like a small Jesuit, you know, private college in, in downtown Buffalo. And uh, I just kind of looked at the, you know, what they had to offer. And I was like, okay, well, that might be kind of fun to do for two years. I, honestly, I just kind of picked it out of a hat. Um, and I'm glad I did. You know, I, it, it, but, you know I, I had a good introduction to a much bigger town than I had ever lived in before. Um, you know, I eventually met my, my now wife here and, you know, since then kind of settled, but yeah, over the years I've gotten involved with wrestling. I, I coached modified, um, and helped in the varsity at sweet home high school, which has ties to Lowville, actually the McHugh family. I don't know if you know that. Matt McHugh? Um, yeah. Is that where he's at right now? No, no, no. I, I I'm just saying the family. Um, oh, the family in general. Yeah. Yeah. T- has ties to, to the sweet home, um, central school district, which is, you know, one of the five uh high school you know districts and or high one of the five high schools in the town of Amherst so it's kind of yeah it's kind of a neat little little um quirk but um yeah I landed there and uh and then since then you know I coached and I've refereed and now I kind of do a lot of the media stuff so yeah Yeah, I've just tried to yeah I just tried to get involved and you know it's you know just like you it's wrestling's part of my identity and my family's identity and um you know I like to do you know like to do whatever I can I hold wrestling in New York state close to my heart. So it's been fun to get to know these people and, um, you know, make my mark, you know, leave my mark and, and, you know, just, I'll, 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 you know, be continued in some, be involved in some capacity, whether it's coaching or doing this and continue to do so in the future. So. Derek Spann's been at Buffalo for the last six years. How has that been, you know, having him out there, you know, whether to, it's to go watch him wrestle or maybe, you know, go out and have dinner with him one night or whatever it is, but uh, you know, how, how cool has that been um, with him being out there wrestling for this past six years? It's been awesome because, um, cause I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I live nearby the, the, uh, by the university and um, it's cool to kind of get to talk to people out in the community about him. Cause they know, you know, after it didn't take very long to connect the dots that, you know, Span and I are familiar with each other. So I get a lot of questions from him out about him out in the community. And, you know, I, I'm hoping that once the wrestling's, you know, once his career is over with and see him out around here more, I think, 
I think him and his and his girlfriend Ashley really like uh, really like Buffalo. Also, my brother's out here too, Ryan. So you know, I'll run into him here and there. Yeah, um, I, I knew uh, Ryan um, was going to go to Buffalo to wrestle and, and whatnot. I didn't. I guess I didn't know he was still out there. That's pretty sweet that you know he, he he's out there as well. Yeah, it's cool. It's so yeah, but with Derek though, it's it's cool because you know we've. I, I didn't wrestle with Derek in high school. He was younger than me and, you know, too light. I think he was a sixth grader when I was a, with him and Ryan were sixth graders when I was a senior. Um, so I kind of missed him. And then also the next year, those two were, I, I think they were too light even in seventh grade to make the minimum for the, you know, for, for 90, I think it was 96 still then they were too min, too light to make the minimum. So I missed him. Um, I did wrestle with Ronnie Span, who was the oldest of the four of them and Tyler. Um, but it's kind of cool because I never really, you know, other than Pee Wee's and other than seeing him and other than seeing Derek and Ryan running around in matches when I was in high school, um, you know, significantly older. So I didn't have much of a relationship. And now we have a pretty good relationship. We kind of talk regularly and, um, you know, hoping, like I said, hoping to get him involved in high school. Maybe, you know, if that's if that's what he'd like to do after college, it'd be it'd be really cool to, you know, to have a sick, you know, a two time, hopefully three time national qualifier and and. and record holder of many holds many records of UB now and is definitely a fan favorite. It'd be kind of cool to get, see him get involved. So. Yeah. That, that'd be awesome. Obviously, uh, yeah. you know, his, uh, secret cradle stuff and obviously be, just being a t- top rider. I mean, obviously he's got the cradle, but he's, he's pretty nasty on top just in general. Um, yeah, he's, and would, he's still very defensive, still very, still very on his feet, still very bit brutal on top and just, you know, just endures pain. And, you know, the, the, you know, just in pain, I, I don't want to say the word pain. Like I don't want to make sound, wrestling sound like it's painful or something all the time, but like endures the hardships of getting through a match and like battling another grown man and that kind of stuff. And he does it in stride and he makes weight and he's, you know, he's loyal and um, hardworking. And I know the UB coaches, coach Stutzman and, and the gang over there love him. So yeah, he's, uh, he's everything that, everything that you would want your, your, you know, to represent your hometown and your home program um at the highest level in, in america so i was gonna actually i reached out to him probably the last year before i knew he was coming back for a six year or maybe right mm-hmm. when i found out he was and uh I, I was gonna have him on the show it might have been actually last wrestling season i'm not I'm not positive but yeah i was gonna reach out to see if he wanted to come on i kind of wanted to bring a a d1 a guy on each team like whether it was binghamton or cornell mm-hmm. or army um you know, all the the New York teams, and I figured Derek Span would be the best one. Obviously, I don't personally know him too much, but you know, I know the Spans. Um, yeah, I know what he comes from, and I know it would be a pretty good conversation if I could get him to open up. But uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. I was just gonna say, get him to open up. I, you don't need to worry about that now. When he was in high school, he didn't say much. Now he's now he's now he's uh, now he's talkative after being <laughs> you know in college, different environment. So yeah, I hope you can. I hope I hope you can get him because I'd be interested to hear what he has to say let's talk about your podcast a little bit. You know, you're the wrestling round table. Uh, when did you decide to start covering wrestling out in section six? A couple of years ago, I got, uh, I departed from, uh, from sweet home that from that program, I kind of wanted to branch out and do my own thing. Um, use some of my own creativity and my own skills as like a writer or like a information processor, I guess, um, to help kind of give wrestling out here some better coverage. I, you know, I, I didn't know where to really find it. And also, this is a tough sports town when it comes to covering high school, not football, not basketball, not hockey, because those three dominate. But really, anything else, it's kind of tough to squeeze in there. But you got, you know, you got a couple of major, yeah, um, I guess, low level or mid-major Division One programs for basketball and football, especially like the UB, 
Um, you got, you know, Canisius, Niagara, St. Bonaventure, are all, you know, big four division one basketball teams. Um, you got obviously the Bisons, um, you know, a triple A baseball team. You got the proximity to, to Toronto here. Um, when it comes to like the Raptors, you've got Sabres hockey, obviously the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bandits. So there's really a lot of professional sports here and, and a lot of division one attention. And also obviously football, like I said, football, basketball, and especially hockey kind of dominate here. Um, so it's really tough to squeeze in sports like wrestling, um, it, it, track and field, you name it. Like any, any, any sport other than the ones I mentioned, it's, it's kind of difficult to squeeze them in here. So I, I kind of noticed that. And I also thought it'd be a nice, it would be kind of be an interesting new way to get to know some people um, more so than, than my time on the staff at Sweet Home. And so I basically just like emailed, you know, Frank Wolf, who's kind of the entrepreneur behind WY Athletics. And I said, hey, I know a little bit about wrestling. Can I just start writing stuff? He said, sure. So I would write stuff, send it in. They would edit it. Um, after a while, um, they liked my stuff so much that they just said, here's the keys to the car, just post whatever you want. <laughs> and that was kind of cool. So um, I guess over time, I've just tried to kind of see what works with it comes to just covering matches on a nightly basis or doing a wrestler of the week. I keep track of all my own standings. Um, and uh, I try to kind of paint the picture of Western New York wrestling on a weekly basis across you know, also I'll, I'll mention for Monsignor Martin too, for the Catholic school, we have a private uh, Catholic school league here as well. Um, but I just kind of wanted to paint a picture of wrestling in Western New York specifically and, um, and, and give the sport, the coaches and the communities and the wrestlers themselves, um, you know, they're, they're hard earned due, um, you know, for, for the toughest sport out there. So, um, yeah, and then the round table kind of came last year. Um, it was kind of a product of the pandemic. Um, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to hear my, I don't know. I, I, I my, my podcast, I guess it was more about asking, getting in touch with other people and asking them questions about their programs and their history to, to get that, to hear it right from those, to hear it right from people across Western New York. And it's also informational for me. I've learned a lot um, about a lot of these programs and a lot of these communities through it. So um, I, yeah, I, I don't really do it a ton during the winter time. I also have had some help recently with the staff over at WY Athletics. Have, um, you know, uh, I mentioned Frank Wolf has made massive investments in the equipment, the studio. We have a bunch of guys that help out. Um, there's a bunch of other guys, Tom Prince and Francis Beck, who I'll be talking to tomorrow, who have offered to kind of give me a live setting and to kind of act as a host, um, which really makes me comfortable because it's, you know, you, you know it's kind of tough it's possible to be your own host and your own expert on your own show. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's, it's really nice during the season when there's a lot of stuff going on to have um, a host kind of asking me, giving me those, those big picture questions and giving me a volley that I can spike down and talk about any recent results and anything that's upcoming. So it's kind of been an interesting, um, interesting kind of way of looking at it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's exciting to kind of um, be able to get into the live results right in the minute rather than, um, it, it, you know, I, I'm covering the sport at all pretty much every day and, and doing write-ups and always looking ahead to see what's next and any little quirks that I can find in the past. And um, so, yeah, I guess that's your, that's my long roundabout yeah. answer on that. But Yeah, obviously you, uh, you're talking about the, the good, the nice setup that you have and, you know, spending the money and, and having the, the right content being, you know, put out and the looks of the content as well, you know, whether it's, you know, you on a, in a studio setting or whatever it is. Um, 
I've been meaning to, and the podcast, my podcast is just over, I think 13 months um, old or since I started it, but we probably should start getting our stuff on YouTube. And I know getting into the podcast setting back when I started it, you know, there was, there's a guy that covers ACC wrestling and he started basically when I've been doing, and then he started to do more, uh, you know, the zoom call and put it on like you do and, and other stuff, which I need to get up to that standards. Well, this is a good setting though. This is a good setting though, too, for people that can't just sit out and watch it, you know, for the whole time. So I think you got a good thing going on here with, with being able to just, you know, take it with you and, and, and being able to listen to it rather yeah, like than a car ride and stuff like that. You, yeah. Right. Rather than having like your YouTube, you need to be open and stuff like that. So no, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is, this is certainly an effective method as well. But uh, yeah, I see. I do see what you mean, though. Let's uh, let's talk about a little bit of Section Six wrestling. Uh, the seeds, I believe, just came out for sectionals this week. Um, yep. You know, we, we don't necessarily need to deep dive into it because I know you, I believe you have a show coming on tomorrow uh, that really is going to get into it um, for those that yeah you know. But obviously, we have. I was trying to go through the returners from two years ago. Obviously, we did have a state tournament last year, but it was in the Journeyman State Tournament. I mean, I fully I'm on board with you know counting that if you're a journeyman state plays finisher state champ you know that, that counts in my book counts in Zach's book I know we've talked about it on the show plenty of times um, but, but as far as two years ago and we had you know eight mats in Times Union Arena which now is MVP Arena um, those guys that are returning which I mean there, there's still a decent amount of place finishers from section six returning I think I was going through it I believe Browning uh, Catcher Bone Gillings um, yep Kirsch, Mashow, uh, there's a few other ones, uh, Alberti, um, but yeah, there's, yep. there's quite a bit of them. Uh, let's kind of talk about maybe D1. Let's start a little bit with D1. And I, I, I do agree with you on the, on the journeyman thing, but mm-hmm. I've been referencing last year's. So we actually had a sectional championship in a season in the spring. Okay. Not all teams. And it was kind of delayed. Erie County um, was, didn't wrestle until literally like, maybe less than a month before our scheduled sectional tournament. I think the other Niagara, um, Orleans, Cattaraugus, Chautauqua counties wrestled a little earlier than that. So, I mean, some of the section six teams really only had maybe like 10 or 11, maybe 12 individual matches under their belt. Whereas some of the other County teams had maybe like 20. Um, So it was very, it was very strange. Um, I do count, I I do take um, into consideration placements from last year Um, for the teams that wrestled, you know, there was, we only placed till four, to the top four in each division. We didn't have class tournaments, so it was kind of hard. But I do go back to two years ago as well because, as you know, as we all know, um, a lot of the, what the state is going to use to seed and what the sections are using to seed, at least out here, Section 6 did, um, was results from two years ago. And, and the same thing for the state dual meet tournament and our sectional dual meet tournament is, you know, returning place winners and returning stuff from, from two years ago had a lot to do with that. Since I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how much the state committee will, but I know section six didn't use a ton of data from last year, seeing as how not everybody wrestled and the qualifying was procedures were, were different than the previous years as well. So hmm. um, in terms of, I guess, I guess that's just in terms of a methodology standpoint, but um, yeah, sure. For section six though, um, I'll be working on, I am working on a full preview now, which is more of a written thing that'll lay out a lot of the returning place winners, but I haven't gotten super far in it yet just because I was waiting for the um, seeds to become totally official. Um, but we do have a number of returning place winners and returning, you know, sectional champs and sectional place winners from two, state 
place winners from two years ago. Um, you did mention Browning from Frontier, a senior, actually down a weight this year. He was a sectional finalist last year at 118. He's down to 110. Um, and I know he's that guy's real hungry for a sectional title. He's been in the finals, I think, two or three times already. Um, I think three I, times, I, I want to say. Three times, three times he's been a sectional finalist. Um, he did go to States two years ago as a wild card and took seventh. Um, but that just, I mean, he's a senior cutting weight for the last time, you know, trying to get down that, that, that shows me that, that he, you know, that Browning is a, is, is, you know, serious as a heart attack about getting down to um, getting down on weight and winning, winning that elusive sectional title and make it into States. And, and he's going to have some stiff competition. I mean, his weight's got for this weekend as three returning sectional finalists and, and another returning section champ. Um, so it's, he's not without, not without good competition to get there either. I watched Browning at Fargo. I went out to Fargo this past uh, summer mm -hmm. and he was out there as well. He's yeah, he was a beast. Um, but yeah, he's got James L Lure. Yeah. J.R. Lure from Starpoint um, yeah. returning sectional finalist has had a great season has been a huge part of, of Starpoint success. And then also um, the, I was referenced another sectional champ, Kenny Schmitz from Hamburg uh, is back and, and Schmitz and Lure are both juniors. Browning's a senior. It's actually kind of funny. The top, you think like 110, you think like the light guys, right? The top five seeds in that way are all either Browning's a senior, followed by three juniors, and then a sophomore at the fifth seed. So you think like, oh, more often than not, you might see a couple eighth or ninth readers in there. Not this time. It's all upperclassmen for the most part, which is pretty interesting. I mean, we don't have to go through all the weights, but let's move up to 132. Sure. Griffin mm -hmm. LaPlante, right? He's an eighth grader. Yep. Um, I watched yep. him again several times this year already. Uh, he was the, yep. I think he, him and Catcherbone past year, LaPlante was the middle school national champ, but yeah, he's, he's obviously pretty impressive, but I mean, looking back, right, this is his first go at it. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure he would have been on the, he did wrestle varsity last year, I believe, right? Uh, yeah. Griffin for, for what we also, had. There's, yeah. Also there's, there's two, there's Griffin and there's Gage, but yes, Griffin's an eighth grader. He was a sectional finalist as a seventh grader last year. And he'll, um, he'll, he'll, you know, in his weight, he's, he's the top seed of 132 in big schools out here. Um, but Tramel Matthews from Niagara Wheatfield, who's a returning sectional champ, uh, is the two seed. So they may meet again. Obviously, they both would have to make the final. Um, but I, they've, meet, they've met a couple times this year, and Griffin's had Tramel every time by decision. So um, that, that, should, that, that could be a very good one and also two potential state place winners. I mean, you've seen Griffin, and you know he's very slick, and, and he, he's really something else um, for a middle schooler. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's got a bright future ahead of him, that's for sure. Um, Big time. Moving up to 145, which, you know, he was – I believe he wrestled beginning of the year in the, the big national tournament at 132, Cam Catcherbone. Um, I thought for sure he was going to wrestle 38 at the end of the year. And when he – I think the rankings came out and, you know, he, he's 145 in the state rankings. And, of course, that's where Jaden Scott is and several other, you know, studs across the state – and I sent him a message. I said, you, uh, you going after Jaden Scott? He's like, I'm going after whoever's in my way, which is the, sure. the, you know, the best answer you can give me, you know, as a 10th grader, he's already committed to Michigan. Um, he's nationally ranked. He, he's on a war path to a state title, but he's going to be wrestling again. Jaden Scott, who is committed to university of North Carolina. Um, and then I believe Benny Rogers from Rontas at that weight as well, but not positive. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, then moving up, you got 152, Carson Alberti. Um, he's another stud yep. that, you know, 
He's 17 and two this year. Yeah, I kind of got a late start. Uh, obviously, I'm not totally sure if he was banged up from football. He had a big football season, so he he he, he goes to, to high school at Depew. Um, and over the years, Depew has since really kind of folded their own program. They were merged with uh, Cleveland Hill for a while. They were merged with um, Alden for a while. And this year, he's kind of landed with um, the West Seneca School District. Was kind of nice enough to to agree to to pick up the Depew wrestlers. And actually, he's wrestling for a former um, little trivia for you, a Watertown High School original and uh, sectional champ and in, in state place winner um, from the early part of the 80s, uh, Coach Dave Recor. I don't know if you're familiar with Coach Recor, but he's originally a Watertown guy, oh, uh, kid. North Country guy. So, yeah, so I run into him and I like talking. He talks the Frontier League stuff and everybody thinks we're talking about the Niagara Frontier League. I'm like, no, 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 the real Frontier League. So, <laughs> the the um, Northern yeah, so anyway, Exactly. Yeah. So, um, no, so Alberti looks good. Um, like I said, kind of got a late start was a state place winner two years ago, I believe fifth in the state. I'm thinking two years ago as part of the Alden slash Depew team. Um, mm-hmm. you would have seen him at, but, uh, nonetheless, yeah, he's back. Um, and has looked really good and also had a monster football season. He was a, I think he only played football. He was a running back. I think he ran for like 17 or 1800 yards and like, what, what do they play? Like nine games, eight, nine games. So, he really tore it up and was, was honored um, by, you know, in basically every single football media driven award banquet out here um, it is only like 165 pound at most hundred, maybe low seventies playing football in, in class B in, in Buffalo. So um, that's oh, pretty cool. So, yeah, that's- well, and you know, he's related to um, believe the Heber lines as well too. So there's good athlete, good wrestling blood blood. Oh there. yeah. Dane. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So like I said, I don't know a lot of the section six guys, but you know, tell me who else uh, you think will, you know, make runs over in Albany. Let me jump up to 285. Um, we got a returning section champ, Stefan Furin from Lockport at 285, extreme, very athletic, um, has, you know, very long arms, long legs, very leverage, um, has very good leverage for being a 285 pounder. And you also have Conrad Schuston from Frontier, a Browning uh, teammate of Browning's at 285, um, an absolute beast of a high school athlete, um, just you know, top heavy, um, very strong, um, definitely you know another another football star from out here. Um, I think either one of those two could make noise, is assuming they both go to the state tournament. I would definitely watch out for either of those two at 285. Um, at 215, we had a guy come back last weekend. Uh, for the first time this season, Kevin Daskovitz, another actually another Lockport guy at 215. Um, he's three, in, you know, his, his actually his first competition of the season was at the class tournament, and uh, he got that medical waiver in there, so everything's good with him. Um, and he can, yeah, so uh, he was a sectional finalist two years ago as a freshman at 182 behind Ryan Stencil, who was a three-time, uh, went to the states three times, I believe he placed twice at the state tournament and that was a senior he was wrestling against so i would definitely keep an eye out for kevin daskets i'll be talking about him tomorrow night as well um let me think real quick at um at 160 we could have a there's a couple of sectional champs up in that weight um you got jazir carter from niagara falls who was a section champ last year michael schaefer from lancaster who was a section champ two years ago and actually just carter's teammate mike sykes kind of ruined everything last weekend at the class a tournament had a pin over Schaefer and then beat Carter in the final. So Cypress earned himself as a junior Cypress earned himself a top seed. 
um, I, I'd be interested for any three, any any two of them to go uh, to the state individual tournament. And and I don't know if you know this, but we're doing true seconds out here in Western New York this year. I was going to ask you that. And I believe section yeah. three is as well, because in D1, they're alternating with section four um, for the, the second guy. So, you know, I was like, well, that's okay. going to bring up the picture of um, true seconds, which that's interesting. How, how do you guys play that out? Or So what, you know what will happen is we'll have uh, what will happen is the day of sectional finals, like the same day. So this coming Saturday mm-hmm. um, after the finals are completed, depending on who took third place. If the third place wrestler in both of our divisions, division one and two, if the third place wrestler did not wrestle the wrestler who takes second place in the bracket during the course of the day, they will have to wrestle for the true second spot. Um, It's not really negotiable, I guess. Um, I guess if, you know, the rule is if the section decides to do it, then that's what everybody's going to do. So Saturday is going to be a very interesting night. Um, I think two or three years ago, we took a look at it and one of our sectional chairmen had seen like in division two, there might've been six cases where we did, where we would have done a true second. And I think in big schools, it was like seven, I want to say, or maybe it's flip flop. So um, where the second, where the third place guy did not wrestle the runner up in the course of the day, that's, that'll be the criteria for, for determining which way classes will do a true second. Ed. Um, so things are going to get very interesting. I think on Saturday, um, I'm very very intrigued about how that one's going to turn out. I'm not positive what section three is doing. Like I said, I, I had asked my dad um, if he had heard anything. Yeah. I know he, he was at the frontier league tournament this past weekend. I there mm-hmm. two weekends ago rather. And uh, a couple I don't weekends know if he, ago, yeah. Yeah. Two, I don't know if he talked to people there about it or, or what it was, but uh, I don't know. Obviously it was more of a recent thing, but I thought he said they were going to do it a few days after the event, which kind of, mm. if that's true, that kind of is, you're going to leave the SRC arena in Onondaga, you know, second place, yeah. but you're still not sure if you did not wrestle that third place guy, it's going to right. lead to a few interesting days where you, you, everything's up in the air. still. so that's interesting. Yeah. If you're a big, if you're a big school guy, for sure. Cause the small schools are setting right. their top three. So there won't be a need for true second, but yes, if you're, if you're from Jamesville or Fullen or Indian river or Liverpool or CNS or any of those schools, yeah. You're Central square. Like, oh, oh yeah. Boy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, let's jump into D2 real quick. Um, obviously, okay. I follow D2 a lot more than I follow D1, uh, just being a D2 sure. guy. I know there's a f- several guys that are just popping off, whether it's just the one seed or the two seed that I'm looking at, um, you know, whether it's Daniel Kirsch or Gillings out of uh, New Fane or you're, you're up at one, 138. We got Ryan Sweeney out of Iroquois. Uh, just mm-hmm. scrolling down, Luke Tomlinson, uh, Adam Huntington, right? Dakota yep. Mashow. Uh, there's, there's just a yep. ton of talent that I know that are returning, whether it's from last year or two years ago um, in Albany that obviously should be making noise as well. Yeah. So you're right. Um, there's a ton of returning guys uh, in division two um, from two years ago. Um, last year's senior class had seven sectional champs in our division two, our, you know, in our thing that we did. So seven guys are gone that won section titles two years ago. But most of the returning place winners from two years ago, or that was from last year, most of the returning place winners from two years ago were um, uh, were underclassmen. So you got Marty Olson from Chautauqua Lake, um, who was a fifth place finisher a couple of years ago. Jillings um, was a you know all state at, at 99 pounds, so we had two place winners from 99. Um, 
Moscow from Portville was a fifth place winner. Uh, Dante Hoos as well. Dante Hoos didn't, didn't wrestle last spring. Um, and, uh, but he is back this year as a top seed at 215 pounds and he's a beast as well. So yeah, we do have a number of returning guys. Kirsch, um, had a, I think was fourth, I believe fourth place a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we sent like, I think in one weight alone, we had three place winners, which is always kind of cool to see. I believe it one, I want to say one, oh, one thirteen. Yeah. A couple of years ago, we had three three place winners and only one of them's gone. So two of them are still back. So Danny Kirsch from Pioneer and uh, Michael Schiffhauer from Iroquois. Schiffhauer was third in the section and took seventh in the state. And uh, it, so that was pretty cool to see. But yeah, that we was, have a number of returning. Yeah, that was 2013 yeah, state tournament. Yep. Yeah. My, uh, my kid from Canton, uh, Matt Haycook, he was in that bracket. He was beating the Tamarack kid out of section two. And then mm-hmm. he got pinned and then he was – almost i believe majoring um the kid from paul mac um and then he mm-hmm. got thrown on his back and got pinned and i, I mean i thought <laughs> obviously if he's putting the, i mean i guess if you win those matches i thought he would have been right there with those guys as well uh, but i mean I, with kirsch and schiff and all all those guys and ball i believe the other one was they, yes uh, yep they, they ring a bell in my head as soon as they see their names yeah and actually it was funny because um because coach galligan had a guy there from adirondack and I think he wrestled all three of them over the course of the two day tournament. I think he lost all three of them, but <laughs> it was oh, just did, kind yeah, of a I funny coincidence. Yeah. yeah. It was just kind of a funny coincidence um, for that one. But uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah, so that's some of our returning guys um, there or state place winners, I guess. Um, we do have a number of returning sectional champions um, from last season. Um, you, you mentioned Sweeney was at the state tournament two years ago, Walzik. Uh, so you got Sweeney, Walzik, and Olsen all in one weight class together at 138. So things are going to get interesting there. And Olsen's the only the four seed. Um, I do want to mention at 118, a guy you really want to keep an eye out for is Chautauqua Lakes' Jordan Joslin. He's a sophomore, 36-0. Um, has a very impressive win over Dan Kirsch from earlier this season. I'm very interested to see what that rematch is going to look like. That's Kirsch, Kirsch is 36-1, and Joslin's 36-0. And they're the top two seeds in the 118. Wow. division two out here this weekend so um that that's a very intriguing matchup to me and either one of those i, I would contend that either one of those would are a potential dark horse state champion at 118 uh, you know being quite honest with you i've seen joslin um has a couple major decision wins this season uh over over state place winners i mean he's really the guy's really on another level um right now so yeah in, in kind of the probably the best on the roster there for Chautauqua, for uh, the Chautauqua Lake Thunderbirds. So um, I would say keep an eye out for him. I would also say at 102, we return a couple of guys. One of them was my wrestler of the week out here this week, Carmine Calamari from Southwestern. Um, is having eighth grader, having a fantastic season. And then you got Dom Calera from Medina, who's a returning sectional champ from uh, the 2021 season. Um, let me think. There's all sorts of guys. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on, you know me. Yeah, no, I'd, yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I like, you mentioned Tomlinson from Maple Grove, the top seed at 152 or yep. 145 rather, um, mm-hmm. I believe he's a two-time sectional finalist already. So I know just, he's kind of in the same bracket with Browning where he's like just hungry as ever to, to, to win a sectional title straight up and, and go to Albany. So. Yeah, I know and all those guys that are just 
you know, last year's state title was great and all. I mean, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. and the, the state tournament, but being in Albany is just a different atmosphere. Um, you know, having all those fans in the stands, um, making a run, obviously, if it's whether you're a section six champ or if you're section six, the, the if, I mean, if you're a wild card, this year would be the runner up, but making a run and, you know, whether it's your first shot out there, your second shot out there, or it's your senior year and never made it over the hump. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be great to see all those kids get that opportunity this year. Um, God willing. Yeah, and, and I mean, you, and you think about our final too. So how many guys, how many matches in the finals this year, I'm very interested to see are going to be even more, um, I don't know, just like higher, the stakes are going to be higher this year than ever because whoever takes second, if they know, you know, if, if someone's, if someone's, if I'm in the finals and say, okay, I'm, I, I, I didn't wrestle the guy who in my bracket took third today. If I lose, I literally have to wrestle again just to maybe go to the state tournament. Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be a whole new meaning of blood round wrestling this year in a whole new um, element to the finals matches, especially where, you know, someone either, you know, say, say I, say I took second in the, in the weight class, but I did also didn't wrestle the wrestle, the guy that took third place. I'm good. But if I'm in the finals and I know I didn't know for a fact, I did not wrestle the, the, the guy who took third in the weight class, I'm going to be on pins and needles. And it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, who would, which, you know, who are these, who are these high school kids here? Um, you know, that ba- ba- battles like they've never battled before because they just do not want to wrestle that one more match after the finals, after you're already, you know, exhausted and, and defeated, you know, who's going to kind of rise to the occasion or who's going to, who's going to win a big one when they're not expected to. And I'm just very interested to see how it all turns out this weekend. If the, the whole wild card thing and the sec, the true sec, the whole auto qualifier and true second place thing is yeah. m- makes all the difference in places like Western New York, where we are going to do the true second. It's not the same everywhere. You know that. Yeah. But it, it brings that added element. I mean, obviously I know you guys are doing it on section six. And like I said, section three yeah. is doing it. I'm not positive for, uh, whether section four is doing it, or I think section five sending three at every weight in D2. I'm, I didn't really look for D1, but um, yeah, it just, it's going to add that element that you're going to have the finals and then you're going to have an added wrestling where there's going to be celebration for taking second place, which, um, or taking that true second, which is, which is still fine. I mean, you know, survive and make it two more weeks. And obviously we've seen plenty of guys that haven't won their section and they go out to Albany and get on the podium or they may, you know, they're, they're state champs, but looking at all these, well, I got the, oh, go ahead. I got the auto qualifier thing right here. So it looks like section five. So division, so section five is only sending two in each way. Right? Section and both in division one and two. That's just, so man. section 11, section 11 and eight are the only schools that are sending three qualifiers in big schools. And three and four are the only ones sending three qualifiers in small schools. Oh, so yeah, five, you're right. I didn't know that. Yep. Five, one, six, nine, and two in division one are only doing the top two. Mm-hmm. And five, two, six, 11, and eight are only doing the top two in small schools. So I, I don't know if all of those other sections. I think that there's an option to do true second. Um, I don't know which ones have decided to do that, but I know for a fact that section six will be doing it this weekend. There's a lot of talent coming out of some of these schools and whether it's the, the big schools that are out there or the small schools. And again, we talked about this before we started the, the show, but the wrestling talent in certain towns, right. You know, you can drive through, you know, 
you can drive through a town and be like, all right, well, there's 10 state titles that came out of this town back in the day, you know, and, and whether it's state titles or state title teams or just a, a ton of hammers that have placed in the States. Um, what, what's it like out West? It's kind of the same way. I, I would say that if you want to go based on actual metrics, if you want to go based on actual number of state place winners, I know I can tell you right now that governor is, for example, is what number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I believe in state tournament history all time with 52 place winners. Yep. Um, so I kind of gauge it like that a little bit. Um, we field is probably, we feel historically is probably the best program in Western New York, we but feel? I wouldn't put them really. Yep. Niagara, we feel that wouldn't okay. put them much past pioneer um, who goes dates back to the early sixties as well. Um, you want to talk about Lancaster. If you're going to talk about, you know, all time programs, um, Lancaster has an irrefutable, you know, history. Um, they've been to the, our, our state dual meet tournament, you know, twice three times now twice as the sectional champ in the in the four years of the tournament um you want to probably talk about um we talked about falconer casadega valley they're kind of combined these days but falconer has a is one of the prides of the southern tier probably is the pride of the southern tier at least in the last 11 years for sure um historically olean had a pretty good tradition they've generated some of possibly arguably two of the best wrestlers in, in the history of western new york out of Olean High School. Um, but uh, who else do I want to say? Who else do I want to come to mind? Um, I, there's, you know, there's plenty, just like everywhere, there's plenty of programs out here that have had good, a good 10 years, a good 20 years, a good 15 years, um, the time of, a, of one particular coach. But I, I would say probably all time programs out here, you would want to go with Wheatfield, Pioneer. Um, Newfane has an argument to be an all time program in Western New York. Um, Falconer, um, Fredonia's had a great tradition for quite some time. Olean, I had mentioned historically, has been Jeff very Prescott, good. Olean, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I, I guess I guess you might want to throw Clarence in there as as I kind of categorize them as a blue blood as well. Mm-hmm. Clarence and Lancaster are kind of border. They have a they have a border war every year. They wrestled. It's usually for the league title. Some year some years it isn't, um, but more often than not, as of late, it's been really for the league for their championship. Um, and you know you you got a you, there's probably some I'm not mentioning somebody's probably gonna get mad at me, but those are some of the I guess the top tier historically year over any year over year programs. Um, I also you also got to say like St. Francis. So I talked about the Monsignor Martin there for a second. I mentioned that we have our own Catholic school league and they they compete with the CHSAA um individual tournament and in their chsa dual meet tournament i'm like i know in some places obviously in central new york you got cba jamesville dewitt who kind of compete in section three and in section five you've got like mcquade or aquinas that'll compete in section five but we have um, western new york historically has had a large enough contingent of catholic schools private schools um, to run their own league they've they've kind of um gotten smaller i guess in numbers over the years, there, when I showed up here, I think there was probably at least two or three more um, teams in the in the Monsignor Martin League. But I, I guess you got to say St. Francis and St. Joe's from our from our Catholic school neighbors um, have great, you know, historically they have, have had very good traditions there as well. I mean, and this isn't Iroquois. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Iroquois Chiefs have had one of the best programs, um, one of the best traditions, and one of the best alumni support networks in. It, in arguably in, in upstate New York there. So we're a very tight knit um, 
a very tight knit alumni uh, base. So, and, that, and that's great to see. I mean, they're, I'm not yeah. going to throw any schools under the bus, but we travel a lot, whether it's going to, down to section three, section four, section five, um, out mm -hmm. to section two. And you, you, whether it's a team that, you know, met, it could be only 10 years ago or five years ago, and they were state champs, right? They were the top dogs in the, in the state. Um, of course, the top mm -hmm. dogs in their section as well. But and then five years, 10 years later, um, they're, they're just, they're down. You know, the, the programs that have their highs and highs, and then they, they obviously have their, their lows, which are really low. But like mm -hmm. some of those, it's, it's, you obviously see these programs, like you mentioned, um, they, they don't really have their lows, right? They don't rebuild, they just reload. And it's it's yep. more impressive to see. Obviously, large school, it's easy to, to see that. But um, the small school, I mean, the programs that graduate, let's say 100 kids or 120 or less kids, um, you know, you obviously don't have that talent pool coming through, especially like you were mentioning. I mean, Section 6 is, is big in hockey. I don't know the small school, um, if they're, they're big in hockey as well, but just – getting that talent pool and keeping your guys to that level to be that you don't have to be the best in the state, but I mean, you're top 20 in the state year after year after year. I mean, it says a lot about the program and there's definitely section six teams that fall into that category. Yeah. I mean, um, I agree. And I think obviously it all has to do with a good peewee program base it has to do with good alumni support or um, it has to do, you know, with a lot of, I guess if you, adults helping out, I guess, showing up and helping run PUE practices and organizing teams to go to different events or hosting events and having that good support when you, when you host tournaments or, or being, being able to have that flexibility as the head coach or having, you know, be, being, I guess, the head coach, if you want to go from the head coach perspective, to be able to have a support network where you don't have to, do, to be involved and do every single little thing um, is huge. And I know a lot of these programs that I mentioned is exactly that where they have good traditions, they have alumni and they have parents who are interested and want to be involved um, and get their kids involved in winning programs. And we all know that that's extremely hard to just raise out of the ground um, from, from, from nothing. It takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of work. But uh, I, I think that th those programs like that, and especially with the small schools, obviously that have you know smaller beds numbers and such, um, are very reliant on, um, you know, volunteer help and, and, you know, members of the community and, and people in school who know how to wrestle, who know how to coach wrestling to step up and do it um, is so big. I, I mean, I know I'll talk about my friends down at Faulkner. They, they have, um, they were state champions two years ago in small schools and, and they rightfully deserve my attention anytime I can give it to them because they, their program is one of the most impressive I've seen. Mm -hmm. um, and anywhere, I mean, they, they their, their assistant coaching staff was NWCA uh, staff assistant staff of the year, the year they won the state title. You know, their coach, their head coach, Coach Drew Wilcox, wasn't even recognized. Their assistant coach staff was so that I mean that that tells you really a lot about um, what kind of support network that is. And I mean, Falconer is I think under two, right around two hundred fifty for beds number, and Castadega Valley, who's partnered with them, is less than that, probably under two hundred. Um, so it's not a huge community. Um, but I mean, there, I know their peewee program is, is staggered different nights of the week because all the boys and a, a lot of girls down there, their, their parents want to get them involved in a winning program. So, so um, I can go on and on about that. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I like that. And I mean, obviously yeah. having a strong feeder program leads to a, a good varsity program, but you, you kind of just yep. mentioned the, the girls scene as the girls wrestling as well, whether it's the peewees mm-hmm. or the varsity. I know I, I saw there, there was a plenty of sectional tournaments going on sex, like what girls only sectional tournaments going on across the state. Um, whether it's this upcoming weekend or the weekend after, and then there's of course the, the girls state tournament as well. What's the girls mm-hmm. scene out in section six? It's honestly, it's, Dylan, it's one of the strongest, I think, in upstate New York. Um, coach Alex Conti, who is a former um, coach at Fredonia, yep. is really the leader of this. And I, I think he may be spearheading it across the state of New York. Um, but I think Western New York schools pot, per, per capita might be the leader in in, in the charge forward towards, uh, toward, you know, advocates for, for girls and women's wrestling. Um, I've seen more, I've seen more, young ladies on rosters this year than I ever have before covering the sport out here. Um, there's more opportunities and tournaments for, um, for, you know, female only tournaments than I think anywhere else, at least in upstate New York is it gotta be. Um, I know that we've traded year back and forth over sectional lines. Um, organizers in both in the kind of the section six region and organizers in the section five region will kind of trade back and forth. Um, like a girl state championship two years ago, they did it at Brockport and it was hugely successful. I mean, there's all sorts of young ladies there wrestling, um, upcoming the week after actually in between this weekend, in between sectionals and States Saturday, the 19th Chautauqua Lake is hosting an all, all girls tournament. I believe that's the, um, yeah. I think that is that, that co that co-sponsored section five slash section six, uh, event for this year. Um, I'm thinking I might make my way down there for that. I got to go check that out. Um, but I mean, like, you know, I, I know for Falconer, I'll talk about them for a second. They, they had their Pat Morales Memorial Tournament Friday and Saturday of like mid January, and they kept the mats down on Sunday to host a, um, an all girls tournament. I know North Tonawanda has been very active as well. Coach Maziars and his gang, um, St. Mary's High School um, is a is a co-ed high school, private Catholic private school. Um, Coach uh, Coach Weiss done is, does a fantastic job recruiting and giving an opportunity to young, to young ladies to wrestle there. And I mean, I, there's been a couple of times this year where I've seen um, uh, a female versus female in the varsity, in a varsity lineup for the, you know, whatever, 118 pound, 126 pound match multiple times for multiple teams this year. So it's been very interesting to watch. Um, and I, I, I do have to, to kind of um, back up my, my Western New York crew here for, for really leading the charge upstate New York for this. For well, I mean, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Carlene Slaberski, um, right? Sure. She was state finalist, uh, first female state finalist for in the NISFA for uh, for New York, right, right out of Fredonia. Um, and then yep. obviously you got Amy Whitbeck. She's out of Section Two, but I mean, if you look back even 10, 15 years ago of the the girls that kind of really stood out in New York, those two would would definitely come up. I mean, I'm sure there's more, but um, yeah, that that's great to see. Obviously. New York State, the the NISPA needs to have four teams from four different sections um, in order to have, you know, mm-hmm. to sanction uh, women's wrestling in New York State. And I'm going right. to hopefully my next guest or the guest after I'm going to bring on follow the uh, the New York State Women's Wrestling Task Force on Facebook and the, the New York mm-hmm. State Women's Wrestling and all that stuff. And I, I really I'd like to get behind that as well because we've got a, a girl that's pretty good here in Governor and we've got a lot of. Oh, yeah, we've got a lot of girls in the wrestling program that uh 
mm-hmm. that are coming up. So it's obviously I want to see that grow and uh, yes. it'd be nice to sanction wrestling because I know Iowa just had that big event a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago and that was huge. So that'd be nice. Yeah, Zoe. Shout out to Zoe Griffith. Um, she's been around. I mean, I what is she a soft uh, freshman there, Governor? Yep, she's a freshman. Yeah, honestly, I thought she'd been around longer because I've heard her name so many times. Um, yeah, she's she's very impressive. Yeah, she uh, actually, I guess since we're talking about her, um, shout out Zoe. She uh, actually had the more wrestling shirt on today at practice. But uh, oh, nice. Yeah, so she went to Fargo, but she went as the uh, she wasn't old enough to compete in cadets. So they went. Mm-hmm. I think it was her and another girl. They went as the Rising Stars program. Um, so obviously she got the experience what Fargo's like, and she's actually mm-hmm. wrestled a few girls that all American for cadets and, uh, juniors. And actually she beat a girl that was in the finals. So, very cool. you know, it, it'd be nice to, for her to pursue that as well. And having women's wrestling sanctioned by the time she graduates would be pretty huge. Um, but yeah, let's move on from women's wrestling. I got two more topics. Um, the modified sure. system, what's the modified system like in, uh, in Western New York. So it's different amongst the leagues. Um, okay. You know, the, the Niagara Frontier League um, is traditionally uh, larger, a lot of larger schools. There's some Class B schools. Let me make sure I, I have everybody's name in front of me. But the Niagara Frontier League usually con- has consisted of, uh, you know, like Niagara Falls, Wheatfield, um, Lockport are all bigger schools. Um, Kenmore schools, North Tonawanda, Grand Island, Lewis and Porter, and then they added charter school for applied technologies. They usually have, I think, more so of a dual meet style event um, season for modified um, for the ECIC, you know, there's probably right around, I don't know, 20 or so ECIC teams. Um, they, it's more so like a nightly round Robin with local teams of about the similar size, or they, they try to keep it to that, I guess, or try to balance it out with bigger teams with some of the teams that are smaller. Um, I, I can tell you, I, since I coached in that, I, um, it, it would usually consist of a, uh, it usually just consists of like a modified round Robin type of thing. Um, on any given night, you know, a couple schools, I guess, trying to keep it geographically similar, not having, te- you know, teams from Star Point, which is in Niagara County, driving to Lakeshore, which is at the southern end of Erie County, um, on like a Wednesday. Um, but usually it's usually it's around Robin. And there's luckily it's the league is big enough where a lot of teams don't really need to see each other multiple times a year. Can see one kid here or there, maybe once or twice, possibly. Um, usually they've thrown in there um, like a more of like a championship type of Saturday, which a lot of teams go to some don't. Um, and I'm not, you know, I haven't really kept track of it this year too much. Last year absolutely was, you know, it probably, this is the same for everybody, but the pandemic and the delay in the spring season for the, the high school teams that were lucky enough to wrestle, um, you know, they were lucky, but I, I, I don't think modified, modified got, crushed last spring yeah and um and I, I don't know if we'll see the effects of that until probably maybe maybe next year or the year or two after that um but i'm i'm kind of crossing my fingers that um that our you know our local coaches are, are that the turnout was has been good this year i'm hoping um I, I know a lot of schools rebounded fairly well especially in the northern part of my area um the numbers were good at the varsity level so i'm kind of hoping that it reflects the same thing in the modified level and then in the Southern tier, I really am not totally sure what, what goes on in the Chautauqua Cataraugus Athletic Association. Um, I think it's somewhat similar to what Erie County does uh, in terms of their modified thing, but that's a much larger geographic region with that county. It covers two pretty big counties in the Southwestern most corner 
of of New York State. So, um, yeah, yeah, I guess it's kind of the kind of my what basically everything I know about the modified program right that, now. And and also in Erie County, it goes all season. It's not mm-hmm. like a split basketball second half wrestling first half. But the ECIC modified teams they wrestle you know like a November um, through right about now or probably maybe two weeks ago covers about about two months worth of wrestling or a little bit more maybe so that's that's pretty good i think the niagara county i think the nfl ends it up a little bit earlier um also because there's a lot fewer teams in that league as well so i always have to ask people whether it's i know the the southern part of section three does a different thing but the frontier league i mean we we bring our modifieds over to the frontier league and wrestle but they only wrestle i believe november and december and then january february they do they can do basketball. So they split it up. So, I mean, obviously it gives kids yeah. a chance to, um, you know, kids that play basketball, maybe give them a chance to, to try out wrestling and whether they like it or not. But uh, mm-hmm. so we wrestled them. Um, you know, we've also gone up to, to Beekman town section seven, which was a two and a half hour drive on a bus, which was kind of a haul, mm-hmm. but uh, we, we went up there and we had a, a little tournament up there as well. But yeah, we, we wrestle our modifieds all year long, but I didn't know how section six or just other sections do it in general. Um, sounds yeah, like it's, I think it's kind of, it's kind of more so, I think, of a league by league thing. I know the Center State Conference, which is you know where I was from, um, does like a half, like a split season thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this, I think this, the the Syracuse area big schools do something even different than that. So I, I think it's kind of more so a league thing, and it probably depends a lot on you know the the goals of the league, whether it's to get kids to try different sports or whether it's a size thing where maybe one league doesn't have a ton of teams in it like the NFL or the Niagara Leans League. But when you go to Erie County and there's, you know, there's over well over a dozen, you know, going on two dozen teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm imagine that has something to do with it, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That makes, um, that makes sense for governor guys to wrestle the frontier league guys. I mean, you're basically right there. Yeah. You are right there. Then they, How- they do their little play days as they call it. Um, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's uh Lewis, like South Lewis, Russell, South Lewis, Carthage, Lowville, you know, all the, the teams that are, in that geographic location and like Indian river and, and Copenhagen, South Jeff and well, IHC Watertown, you know, those teams, general Brown, they would all wrestle each other. And then, you know, the next week they would kind of crisscross and try to match it up a little bit different. And then they would have their, their mm-hmm. big thing. At, I mean, with numbers kind of down, maybe this year, um, they, they might've had it differently, but um, yeah, that's kind of how it's been. Um, and the last thing I kind of want to talk about, and you know, it's, it's part of the the growing wrestling that I like to, you know, you see whether it's college events or not, you know, I've, I've go to Cornell duels quite a bit and I see a Waverly school bus outside of a um, Cornell duel thinking, what are they doing here? There's not a high school match going on. They bring their, their school or Waverly brings their uh, wrestling team to a duel. And I think they bring them to several duels. And you're always seeing several different teams there that are supporting, whether it's Waverly or obviously Lansing always goes, but like just different schools bring their guys What's it like at Buffalo? Um, you know, I, I watched some Binghamton duels, and I know Binghamton, uh, their, their coaches right now are trying to grow their crowd size, which crowd size brings a better atmosphere, which brings, you know, the team's morale up and all that other good stuff. But, you know, watching a few duels, it's hard to hard to tell for my angle because the duels really just show the mat and then what, what's on the other side of the mat that doesn't show the fans. Um, what's, what's the attendance like there? Do, do teams or do coaches bring their teams to – events like university of buffalo yeah i mean um we we also have niagara county community college and jamestown community college right. unfortunately we buffalo state doesn't have it anymore kenesha's had a club for quite some time 
um, in Niagara. I don't, I, I don't know if they've ever had a team, but um, yeah, I mean, having a major division one program right outside, right in the heart of the, of the areas is pretty interesting and pretty neat and definitely a unique situation. I know a lot of other places in New York um, would, you know, well, would, would die to a, have um, a big program. We've got a unique situation where I'm living. Um, well, where I was coaching at last, the last four years, Canton, um, between Canton and Potsdam, right? We had kids, we merged with Potsdam. Um, you have a Division One hockey program, St. Lawrence, and then you have a Division One hockey right. program, Clarkson. We're a wrestling team. Why would kids skip practice and go to a, a hockey event, right? But, I mean, when Clarkson and, and uh, St. Lawrence, they play each other in hockey, it's a huge event, right? And hockey's huge in the North Country. That's another thing I was kind of talking right. about. Like, the Frontier League, they have one school that has hockey. And in our section, Section 10, all the schools have hockey besides Governor. So, like, the athlete pool – and all those schools are small, but like hockey's king up there. If we had, I can only imagine, right. If we had a school like Buffalo um, or, I mean, even the, the junior colleges that are there, it'd be, it would be it's just great to support them. And, you know, on, on a, any given night you, you say, all right, we're having practice. Then we're team bonding. And we're going to go watch Buffalo wrestle Cleveland state or whoever it is. Um, I think it's, that, that would be awesome. And I didn't know, I haven't made it out that far. I know Stutzman actually texted me at the beginning of the year and was like, Hey, you got to come out for a duel. And I'm I still plan on coming out one of these years. Should have went out this year yeah. with, with Span on the team. But, yeah, I didn't know what that atmosphere was like at, at Buffalo. Well, well, I'll say Niagara Community College and Coach Maudie and Coach Kandula get a lot of local athletes. Yep. Um, it's kind of like a nice transition program. A lot of you know wrestlers from theirs over the years will go on to UB. Um, I mean, we can talk about Troy Keller. Troy who, Keller, oh, yeah. Yeah, who went to uh, North Tonawanda kid. Yeah. Um, went to Niagara, won a national junior title there, and then went the next couple of years to UB and, I mean, qualified for the, for the Division One tournament. Um, the, uh, the, the NT, the entire NT community would show up for, for duels for him. It was pretty impressive to see. And their colors are blue and red and white. So basically the entire – and they also have one of the monster, one of the bigger peewee programs in the area. So they would get the entire peewee organ, program organized to go watch Troy on any given night and also over the years um, a lot of the ECIC matches are on Wednesdays too and I'm not sure if that overlaps a whole lot I think true right I know on some I know on some some occasions it has has overlapped with with matches so it might be a little harder to get some of the big um, some of the teams like the varsity teams there but I see plenty of coaches I see plenty of wrestlers um, when when um, when Troy was wrestling on the team there, the entire town of the entire city of North Tonawanda was there. It seemed like, and he was also good friends with Span, which is pretty cool too. I saw him this weekend, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I see, I see, I see the wrestling fans there. You, you know who the hardcore fans are when they go and they watch and maybe they have a good kid from their town on the team. Maybe they don't. Um, but I, I've seen, I've seen very good turnouts for, for UB. I've seen a lot of alumni make it out to the matches. Um, so it's, 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 it's pretty interesting to have a pretty unique to have a division one program right outside your doorsteps. I know that other places like the Syracuse area would are dying for Syracuse university to restart the program. Or I know that Albany area would love a, 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 you know, a team in downtown Albany somewhere that would, that yeah. would be interesting too. So, yeah, um, but yeah, it's definitely unique. And I, I know Rochester has a number of programs. Um, none of them are division one, but I mean, they have a fair share of very good division three programs, especially with Brockport and RIT. So, and also they just restarted. They just started on Fisher. St. John Fisher. Yeah. Yep. We, we got a kid, uh, uh, actually our uh, assistant coach, Sean Cummings, his son uh, plays football down there. He just started 
this past year. So he's a okay. freshman still. And their, their coach um, actually just had a meeting with, with uh, Jojo. And uh, so it'd be nice to see Jojo compete for St. John Fisher because obviously mm-hmm. I, I was pumped to, that they had a wrestling program, right? Any, any time that there's a wrestling program started, especially in New York state, I'm going to get behind that hundred percent. Yeah, I do. I do want to shout out coach Signorelli to Alfred state doing a really nice job um, with the pioneers down there. It gets, a, he's getting a ton of, ton of Southern tier talent, um, you know, really making his, I've seen him, saw him in Syracuse, um, really trying to, to make his way into the, the section five, section four, section six talent pools. And I think Alfred state's doing a really nice job too now as well. Yeah. Shout out Justin. Yeah, keep Sigrinelli. an eye on them. Yeah. yeah episode, keep an eye on them. episode number five, Justin Sigrinelli, Alfred state head coach. Oh, I had him on him back in January last year. He's, it was awesome. I mean, obviously like you just mm-hmm. said, he's got a lot of passion for the support and like his numbers are mm-hmm. just through the roof. Right. It really, yep. that practice where they practice in the snow on the football field, hand fighting, um, obviously everybody in the country really saw it. I mean, it was shared on social media pretty big, but yeah, no, yeah. I like what he's doing down there. You're right. Well, they, it's funny. You may, you may see them tonight. If you check their Instagram feed, I absolutely had to message them because they're shadow drilling again, this time in like an icy looking parking lot or something. It, it's just hilarious. I'm like, you guys, I'm like Alfred Stadel will shed will, will shadow stance in motion anytime, anywhere, any, any, any time. So, yeah, I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I know. I definitely have to watch that. But yeah. No, uh, Thank you for your time, right? This we it's been over an hour on this show. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Honestly, man, I'm I'm good. It was good to catch up and kind of talk about, you know, give my knowledge on section six and in Monsignor Martin and some of the stuff going on out here. And yeah, you're right. It's even, you know, I, I feel I know what you're saying. Like I never this was a very um I never made it out this far in my high school teams. I think we went as far as mid lakes maybe one year. Yep. Um but I didn't know anything really about any of these teams except other than seeing a bunch of guys wearing orange and black with Buffaloes on their singlets <laughs> at the state tournament before I, before I came out here. Um, so it's been very, it's been a very unique, interesting experience to see what makes Western New York wrestling turn and, and who the players are. And, and also with a number of prop, you know, I guess it's similar numbers to, to central New York, central New York's a bigger area, I'd say geographically in terms of where I'm from in the section three area. It's, I think geographically probably a little smaller out here, but really um, the, the same number of schools and obviously um, Buffalo public schools doesn't have wrestling, which I don't know, maybe someday they will. Um, but it's, it, it's, I guess it's just overall, it's been a very interesting and unique and fun experience for me to, to get to know a, a very a, a very different set of people than I would have ever met before, and what makes them tick, and and obviously really at the at the root of everything out here is kind of like football and hockey and, and stuff like that. But the I, I don't know if I could ever put into words how much the Buffalo Bills rule um, this this part of the country. I mean, like I, I don't know if I might be going out on a ledge here, but I, I they might. I think that. I think that everybody in Western New York would sell everything down the river for like a Buffalo Bills Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> it's really that's it's really that serious, and yeah. all attention at all times. I mean, we were we were doing the sectional dual meet tournament a couple of years ago when they made the playoffs. Um, not the Jacksonville game, but the Houston game where we went to Houston and kind of blew it at the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Josh Allen's rookie year. Um, but we were at the sectional duels and like, I was doing a live stream for two matches at the same time. And I was like asking for updates and stuff. And like the people were like getting antsy to like, get out of there. They're like, are these matches over yet? Like literally the game is on. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it just it, the domination factor from the what the Buffalo Bills are out here is just unbelievable. So, and also they're, and also it's cool because um, they're very much pro wrestling. Obviously, you know, Coach uh, McDermott was yeah. was we everyone's talking about in the wrestling community. You know, kind of bringing up his history. Harrison Phillips is a big part of wrestling out here. He comes to the awards banquet. He shows up to matches on different nights. It's it's very interesting and cool and very special to have Buffalo Bills players and staff who are who are big supporters and fans of wrestling. It's, yeah, it's really nice to have that for the sport. Yeah, I like that. I know Sean McDermott. He Mitch Clark. I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he had a he had shared a thing before their last game that you know he wrestled. McDermott, I believe it was at senior nationals um, when he was in high mm-hmm. school and uh, you know, they're still friends to this day, but um, yeah, McDermott. And then of course, McDermott brought on that. He, he uh, liked Penn state's way of wrestling, scoring points, having fun and, and winning. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, I figured um, having a episode with you with uh, the Buffalo bills would come up some, somehow, some way, some other, you know, not, <laughs> not just in like a wrestling way, but in like a media <laughs> yeah. detention driven way as well it's it's a it's literally a phenomenon so i'll see you in uh, albany in two weeks yeah absolutely i'll be there um you know i'll be putting out a um a preview in the last you know this week sometime probably tomorrow or thursday um i got a show tomorrow night uh where, francis beck where can uh people see that preview or, or where they where can they follow you on facebook and twitter um so uh, all of my written content comes out on wyathletics.com and uh i do um, you know, I'm, I'm on Twitter at, at Matt O'Rourke under Matt underscore O'Rourke one on Twitter. Um, I also started the wrestling roundtable Instagram page. It's, it's more kind of interactive with pictures and, you know, whatever, you know, the polls and fun stuff you can do on Instagram. Um, Twitter is where I kind of do a lot of analysis. I also have like the Facebook page. Um, I really just kind of share content off of that, um, you know, to kind of capture the Facebook crowd. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of my, that's kind of where you can find me on social media and stuff. And in WY athletics, like I said, is where I really put out the bulk of my written, uh, written type of stuff. So. Well, perfect. Um, I'll be sure yeah, to follow you. To it. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in to episode 52 of uh, more wrestling podcast. Peace out.